Larry Gatewood needs one more basket to set a new Baylor school record for most baskets in a single ball game. You're listening to the John Moore Show on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Gatewood in the right-hand corner. Starts the drive. He puts the shot up. He hit it. A new school record for Larry Gatewood. 16 field goals with 23 seconds left. It's 81 to 73. 33 points for Gatewood. Now back to today's JMO Radio Show from the Allen Samuel Studios. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris and Aaron Sexton. Like I said earlier, you hear the uh, dulcet tones of Frank Fallon, and those of you that know and know and remember him just go, oh, that is so good. <laughs> that is so great. And we are celebrating Frank Fallon today, what would have been his 93rd birthday today, June 16th. We are remembering him uh, very fondly. He means uh, the world to me and to Aaron and to so many people, including our next guest, Craig Harper joins us. Craig, uh, well, really sort of grew up around Frank and then uh, really grew up in the profession doing Baylor (laughs) broadcasts for 25 years as our engineer. And Craig, thanks for being on with us today. Well, thanks for having me on, John. I guess the last time uh, that we were on together here on KRCI was uh, we were at the lunch, the luncheon, the alumni luncheon, what, a year and a half or two years ago. And then I followed you to the radio station, and we talked on the air for a while, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, very good. Well, thanks for being on with us today. Uh, You've got a busy schedule somewhat. Uh, Thanks for making time for us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm happy to. I'm winding down my career, so yeah, it's busy. Yeah, very good. I hope we have time to talk a little Rangers before we uh, sign off today. uh, Yes, that would be good. I know. Let's start with Frank and... uh, what are your earliest recollections of Frank, being around him, seeing him, hearing him? How far does that go back for you? Well, it's really interesting. I hung around KWTX TV when I was nine years old mm-hmm. and actually um, kind of in a way grew up around the TV station and the radio station there on Bosky. And Frank was the general manager of channel of uh, AM and FM. And I don't remember specifically the first time we met. He uh, he was always there on Saturday mornings, especially during football season, getting ready to do. He did Waco High. Dave South did Midway on radio. And then he would do Baylor, and then he would do the Warner Brothers. Anyway, we would start just visiting as a 10-year-old, 11-year-old. And we talked about radio, just talked about different parts of the business. And he was such a kind, kind man. And I think he was that way with me because Kyle and I are very close in age. It's one of his sons. And so I got to know Kyle and Mark and Steve during basketball because I did do basketball for three or four seasons. When it went to WHCO, I was working at WHCO Radio. And when the games moved over there from KWTX, AM, uh, Frank asked me to be his engineer. And so I have a picture here in my office. I have that picture you were talking about earlier of the four of us doing football, but I actually have a photo here on the wall in my office at home of Frank Pat Nunley in his first or second game and myself at the Heart of Texas Coliseum. And that was when Frank decided he needed an engineer 
for the broadcast, he wasn't going to do it himself. So I did basketball for a couple of years there. And then in 82, you and I were working on the Grand Tap TV show. And that took me away from being able to do uh, Baylor radio. And I kind of stepped away until we joined football in 86. Isn't that great? Man, great memories going back. And a lot of people, I mean, you understand we're talking to a lot of people who who don't remember mm-hmm. going back that far um, but certainly remember Frank, uh, you know, doing the Baylor games for, uh, for 43 years as he did. Uh, and they say, wait a second, he did high school football. Wait a second. He did the Oilers also, but right. there was a stretch there where he was doing high school on Friday and Baylor on Saturday and an Oilers game on Sunday. That's exactly right. And, you know, we used to have a jingle on KWTX AM that said the great Texas sports station one, two, three, KWTX, and it was the truth. Uh, we did Waco schools, the Waco High Schools on AM on Friday night. On FM, we did Midway, and then sometimes Conley, I guess when Midway was off, and then he would do Baylor, wherever they were, mm-hmm. doing football, and then he would leave the Baylor location and then either drive or drive to an airport and fly to meet the Houston Oilers and I think he also hosted their TV show, oh, God. their coaches' show. <laughs> he was he was not a man that sat around, and and plus he was running. He was the general manager of the two radio stations. On top of all of that, yeah. And uh, he was always busy, always a professional, and always had time to to spend with a fan. There were many times you and I both over the years had people that would come up to Frank during the the bowels of Baylor Stadium or at the heart of Texas Coliseum, later the Ferrell Center, and want to talk to him mm-hmm. because he was on TV. You know, whenever Channel 10 signed on in 1955, Frank was a TV personality as well. And he hosted a newscast that is sponsored by Pipson's uh, drugstore there in Waco. And I have a photo of my kid of ATX history of him anchoring the news. It was like a midday newscast. And then he filled in for Johnny Watkins on the radio every morning. And so, you know, he was just a very busy and well-qualified man. Greg, uh, given that history and uh, as far back as you go with Frank, what is it, do you think, and you've been around broadcasting for a long time yourself, what is it that made Frank so good? I mean, he had the voice, he had the God-given talent, but Mm -hmm. what made him so good? He had an incredible ability, much like you do, ability to describe something, to sit. You know, he and I were driving to to Dallas one time to do an SMU game on basketball, and it was just he and I. And we talked about the fact that you have to be able to describe what's in front of you. And we talked about how he used to practice describing cars driving by when he was a kid, when he grew up in El Paso and other places where he was practicing being able to describe what he saw. And that really gave him the ability to describe the moving parts of football or baseball or basketball, his ability to remember things, which is kind of an inside joke for a lot of us, <laughs> memory about memorizing the numbers. You know, he had a chart in front of him, much like you use today, that says that 
the linebackers number 17 is is Fred Jones and here's all the stats Frank never looked at that unless he needed to pick up on a note about their weight or they're a senior at Baylor or at Texas or wherever we were playing and those were the things I think made him so good at what he could do he could describe it one of the things he did that he told me many 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 years ago what the current tips used to do on Southwest Conference radio was describe the football field or the basketball court as they're moving left to right on your radio dial. So in your mind, you knew that Baylor was on the left side of the dial in the first half, and we were moving to the right, or that A&M was on the right side moving to the left, and you would paint that picture. And he could describe things in a way that you felt like while you're driving at night, listening at home on a transistor radio or wherever you were, you were in the heart of Texas Coliseum, you were at Baylor Stadium, or wherever he was. He just, that was a God-given talent, along with the voice. Greg Harper, our guest uh, for 25 years, the uh, radio engineer for the Baylor Radio Network for football, many years prior to that, worked uh, with and around Frank Fallon. We're remembering Frank today uh, on his birth date. And uh, I said this earlier, Craig, uh, you can expound on this or def- defute it if, uh, dispute it if you'd like. <laughs> but uh, Frank, you know, just comes across so serious because he's so professional on everything. But man, he liked to laugh and he liked to have fun, oh. didn't he? <laughs> yes. In fact, several pictures have popped into my mind. One of them was that turn around and look at me when either something he said or you said or Coach Taft would say, he would just kind of turn around and look, right. knowing that this is pretty funny to us. Now, the, the listener may not get it. Right. You know, he, uh, he would do his hand signals for me during the games. When he wanted the crowd to come up louder, he would put his hand up like he was holding a pizza in the air. And if he wanted more, he kind of bounced his hand um, you know, we would have inside jokes. But the time I moved to Frisco up here in the North Texas area in 1993, we were either winning big or getting beat big. I don't remember. But he decided to get into the conversation about Frisco, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> and it was funny on the air because he couldn't remember the name of the mascot. We told him and then he, you know. So, no, he was uh, very serious when he needed to be serious. He made us serious when we needed to be serious. I'll tell you one of the funniest stories about that was we were we had a big tw- a, a, a big eight Southwest Conference package, and we were all playing a round of home and home with big eight teams. And I don't remember John if we were in Ames or Lawrence or where we were, but we got there on Saturday morning because of whatever reasons we didn't get there on our traditional Friday. I'm setting up on on Saturday morning, and none of our phone lines are in the right place, or they weren't there. And so we're scrambling. The game was a 2 p.m. game. We were there probably about 8. And uh, Frank was sitting maybe with you, and maybe Jerry was still producing at the time in the press box somewhere, just kind of going over notes. And I'm I'm literally going door-to-door looking for phone lines to make the broadcast. Right. About 1 o'clock. Before we go on the air at 1.30, we're good. I go and tell you, the three of you that we're good. We're, we mentioned the Dallas for the Southwest Conference Radio Network. All right. And he gets up and gets his book, and 
walks into the control room or in the, the announce booth there and uh, much smaller than ours at home. And, and he's putting cotton in his ears, which we can talk about in a second. And I said, well, Frank, I'll tell you, this is like, uh, it's going to be okay. I stole a line from the athletic director's office. Then I found, and he puts his hand up in front of my face. Greg, I don't need to hear the labor pains. Just show me the baby. <laughs> Yes, sir. Right. Uh, And he said, are we going to be on the air? Yes. Is everyone going to hear it that's listening? Yes. That's all I need to know. That's all he needs to know. So so I I have taken that approach the rest of my life was, look, no one needs to know about the labor pain. It's only the baby. But that was was one of those moments of, got it. I understand. All you care about is we're going to make make the job happen, and that's all that matters. Oh, that's a great story. And you mentioned the cotton. I mentioned that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Tell everybody that the sort of nuance of, of Frank, every broadcast for him. It was. So we would <laughs> – I think we did – we may have done like a scrimmage, you and Frank and Jerry and I, before our first game on the air. And back in those days, we came to Dallas, as a radio network, all the teams did, and we met, talked about the Southwest Conference Network and each team, et cetera. And so we went out and did, I think, a, the green and white game, or we did something at Baylor Stadium as practice for us as a new team. And uh, we're sitting there, and we're sitting in the, the home booth, and Frank opens this little box very, very meticulously and pulls out cotton and balls it up and puts it in his left ear, and then he puts it in his right ear. And I'm just watching him. I'm sitting above him on a platform. And then he puts his headphones on. And he turns around and says, all right, no more presence, which means he wanted it louder. More presence, Craig. More pre- Keep going. More, more, more. And I actually said, well, maybe the cotton <laughs> right. is impeding. You know, maybe. And he just kind of looked at me. Nothing was said. I said, okay, let me turn it up a little louder. I realized that the cotton was a key part to him. But what that did is it killed any ambient sound, I guess. Mm. And all he heard what was on his headphones. And he wanted a lot of crowd. He wanted to hear you. He wanted, He really didn't care about hearing himself. He just wanted to be in the moment, especially if we were in a booth that the windows were closed. Basketball was exactly the same way that he was, he was there. Now, one of the boys could be there or June could call or, well, I guess we didn't have portable phones back then, but something else could happen was not important. What was important was the task at hand, and that was the basketball or the football broadcast or even baseball. I never got to do baseball with him, but but between basketball and football, he was, I'm right there. This is my job, and I'm going to do the best job I can to represent myself and Baylor University. And he did it. I mean, he represented uh, Baylor gosh, as well as anybody has through the years. Uh, visiting with Craig Harper, remembering Frank Fallon on his birth date today. Um, Craig, when when I have the opportunity to tell Frank stories, I my go-to is usually the anteater story in Fayetteville. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is that top of your list or any other uh, really good Frank Fallon anecdote you could share with us? Well, there's, there's two. Uh, the first one... It is at the end of my first season of football, I realized that he liked to know the weather. And I have a, I have a geek, 
geek part of me that likes weather as well. And so for the next season, I've made my, a note to buy a digital thermometer that would tell us that the temperature was 92, you know, 92.1 degrees is cooler than 92.9 degrees. Right. And so I bought this, this thermometer at Radio Shack, and I brought it with me for our second season. And we're doing, you know, preseason games, non-conference games. And I have it sitting up there next to him. He always sat on the right-hand side. You were on the left. He was on the right. I had it where when he would look to his right, see the scoreboard at Baylor, he would also see the temperature. He really didn't pay a lot of attention to it. So we go on the air. We're doing the pregame, which is very busy. Then we are into the game, and and I think we scored pretty quickly because it became one of those uh, games that we were going to need other things to talk about. So he he says, well, John – I now know that it is 97.3 degrees here at the stadium. And I think you just responded, oh, okay, great. And you said, or Frank says, on the Craig Harper digital thermometer. And it was born. And, and it was born to the point that, I kid you not, in the last six months, I can't remember if it was at church or where it was, but someone has mentioned the thermometer. Oh. and it just became that was its name for then on was it's 93 degrees on the Craig Harper digital thermometer. Yeah. And for all the years, have, for all the years for, and, and beyond you also, yes. we still travel with the Craig Harper digital thermometer. Right. We don't refer to it that much. I mean, it's on your iPhone right in front of you, but we still right, travel right. with the Craig Harper digital thermometer. Well, one of the highest compliments was, our friends Brad Sham and Craig Way were doing the University of Texas radio. Craig was play by I mean uh, Brad was play by play and Craig was color. And Brad came in because I knew Brad from doing the NCAA basketball tournament. And Brad said, "Let me see this thermometer." <laughs> and I showed it to him and described it. And he wrote down on a little piece of paper that it's a realistic, and then the model number. Right. So he goes and buys a thermometer and gives it to um, our friend who, who's the engineer. Well, there was uh, Bill and, anyway, the Texas broadcast team. And then I was told by a third party that they called it the Craig Harper digital <laughs> thermometer. On the Texas broadcast. On the Texas radio network. Right? <laughs> so that was always kind of high high uh, praise. But the, the Vietnam, I'm sorry, Fayetteville trip. <laughs> where we were playing there on ESPN with a stadium that had no lights except portable lights on one side. And the anteater story uh, will always go down as one of my favorite moments. But I'll tell you another Arkansas story is we were doing basketball. A lot of times in the early years, Pat didn't travel as much with us because he was just becoming a – a lawyer and was getting his practice going. So Frank and I flew to, uh, I believe we were in Fayetteville. No, might've been a little rock. Anyway, we're doing basketball. And this was during the days of the 40 minutes of hell, Arkansas basketball, when they were really good. Right. And we were good, but we weren't that good, but we came out of the shoot and we scored. I remember this was the Terry Teagle, uh, 
years or what years this was, but we're doing pretty well. Well, by the first time out, the radio and TV timeout at like seven minutes left, we take the break and we're up and we're sitting there courtside and something kind of falls between Frank and I. And we look and it was a big chunk of ice. Hmm. So I just pick it up and put it under the table. By by the time that we were heading into halftime and we were winning that game, there were things being thrown at us because we were the Baylor broadcast. <laughs> and it became serious enough that Frank, you know, asked me to kind of keep an eye out where there was police officers or whatever because the Arkansas fans were not happy they were getting beat. Right. I don't remember if we won that one or lost it. I just remember the first half was pretty critical and then – uh, we flew home that night into a very foggy uh, Madison Cooper Airport and had to not land there and, and go on to Dallas. We had to overnight in Dallas because of no way to, to land. But but that was an interesting night to, to go from. It was a fun game to it became kind of serious for us and the team. There were, there were things being thrown at the team sitting next to us as well. Wow. Old Barnhill Arena in Fayetteville. Yeah, Barn, that's right. Man. And – and we have, I don't know if uh, you and I didn't, didn't pre-read this, but we have the TCU um, game where we were, we were left um, in, <laughs> in Fort Worth. And uh, right. um, it's a great story. But one of the funny things about that is, is Frank and Pat and I and Ed Burleson was our, our statistician. And we're sitting courtside, and we had the coach on who walked from the the uh, bench directly over to us and said, are you going to talk to me? I handed him a headset. Frank says, well, now joining us is Baylor basketball coach, and we interview him. And it's yes, no, no, and he slams down the headset. And I'm watching him walk away, and he goes right to the vomitory at TCU and out, not to the locker room. So we were in a break, and I said to Frank, I said, I think they're leaving. Oh, no, no, they're not leaving. It's okay. <laughs> I got up, and I said, I'll be right back. I left the mics open, and I went to the bus, and the bus door was closing, and I banged on the door, and the driver opened the door. And I went in and got Frank's briefcase and his coat, and he had like a fedora hat. I got my coat off the bus. I got off the bus, the bus pulled out, backed up, turned around, left TCU. I come back, and Frank and Pat are going through the stats. And uh, I tapped Frank on the shoulder while Pat was talking, and he took his headset off. And I said, um, the bus is left. <laughs> no, 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 no. They're, just, they're going for gas. <laughs> yeah, right. I said, no, they're going for home. <laughs> so anyway, we, we got left. And it was just the, it was just one of those things that was Frank. Frank would not believe that that would happen, and no one else could believe that that would happen either. To the voice of the Baylor, Baylor. that's it. Well, you know, that's Pat, an example. Night. Yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say that's an example of how fondly Frank, uh, how highly he was respected. Because it yeah. wasn't that that coach, who remained nameless, uh, that coach right. left you guys. It was that he left Frank Fallon. You left Frank Fallon in Fort Worth. 
You know, and that was the that was the uh, fallout from that. It was, in fact, the beginning of the story on the front page of the Waco Tribune Herald was in the second sentence or third sentence was that left in Fort Worth was Baylor <laughs> radio play by play man Frank Fallon and his crew. Um, you know that was the and that was the end of his career at Baylor, but I mean the coach. But no, that was exactly the point. It wasn't the point of we got demolished and we were embarrassed or whatever happened. It was the fact that you treated Frank that way. Yeah, and He'll I think back that, that that did that did cause the end. Yes. Hey man, great to visit with you. Great stories. We could talk uh, the rest of the afternoon and tell Frank Fallon stories. But uh, I appreciate <laughs> you being on with us, and great to uh, hear from you. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me be on the radio. Uh- <laughs> I appreciate it. Craig Harper, our guest, uh, for 25 years, the radio engineer with Baylor football, many years uh, prior to that, working around Frank Fallon and some great stories there as we salute Frank on his birth date today.